message this morning is keep step with the master. To keep step with the master is to walk with Jesus. And in John 15, Jesus says, without him, we can do nothing. That is why we must always acknowledge him in all our ways to direct our footstep in this Christian race and to lead us in the right way. Because the way that seems right unto a man, the end of such a way are the ways of spiritual death. Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And if one dies when he or she is spiritually dead, then that person will eventually land in hell. Now we can see how important it is to work with the master, Jesus, to show us the right way or a right thing to do, rather than leaning on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. We are warned there not to lean on our understanding of doing things, of handling matter, but to trust God with all our heart as we acknowledge him in other ways. Therefore, we must trust him always with all our heart. We must not trust in our heart. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You, see, you can't know your heart. When you say, I trust my heart, my heart not to fail me. And God will create that heart, say, it is deceitful and wicked. Why trust in that heart to lead you, to guide you, to tell you what to do at all times? It shouldn't be the case as a child of God. And anybody who trusts in his heart, the Bible says, that person is a fool. Proverbs 28, verse 26a. Proverbs 28, verse 26a. He that trusted in his own heart is a fool. Therefore, we must keep safe with the master by working with him. But the question God is asking us this morning is in Amos 3.3. 3. Amos Three, three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And so, if we must walk with Jesus, we must be ready to agree with his will. And we must be ready to abide in his doctrine. Jesus walked with his father. And he was always in agreement with his will one of which we shall read now, 
in Matthew 26, verse 42. Matthew 26, verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Now read 39 of that chapter again, Matthew 26, 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. He agreed with his father's will at all times. The problem with believers in Christ is that we don't have to agree with the will of God for our lives. And many believers in Christ today are not working with Jesus, either because they are not in agreement with some of his doctrine, or they do not believe in certain of his doctrine, or that the devil makes them to believe that the doctrine of Christ is too hard. This was the case of some of the seven disciples of Jesus in John 6, 59 to 60. John 6, 59 to 60. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Look at 66 now, of that same chapter. What, what happened next? 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Some of these disciples did not agree with Christ's new doctrine. So they walked no more with Jesus, the truth, and thereby forfeited eternal life. When you forsake the truth, you no more walk with the truth. You are giving up eternal life with that. You don't forfeit and be that. That was the case of this, some of these seven disciples. And Jesus will always make his will known to us, either by speaking to us through an inner voice by his spirit, or we can hear his voice behind our ear speaking to us, which we shall read in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Isaiah 30, verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. And he can also make his will known to us by reminding us of any of his doctrine concerning that particular matter. I'll give you an example. A brother in this church recently bought a bus to give to another brother on usury, what we call balance and carry, with an interest of about 600,000 above the price he bought the bus. But because this brother is a child of God, the spirit of Christ reminded him 
of his doctrine about giving out anything on his will, which the spirit of truth has taught us in this church. Proverbs 28, verse 8. Proverbs 28, verse 8. He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. Now, read another chapter of the Bible about this doctrine of Christ against giving out usury to another brother. Psalm 15, verse 1 and 5. Psalm 15, one, 1 and 5. And five. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? 5. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that putteth out not his money in usury is the one that can stand in the holy place of God. Now, Deuteronomy 23, 19 to 20. Deuteronomy 23, 19. Mm. Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother, usury of money, usury of vitals, usury of anything that is lent upon usury. Unto a stranger thou mayest lend upon usury, but unto thy brother thou shalt not lend upon usury. Unto a stranger who is not a brother, you can do that. But to a brother of the same body of Christ who are in the same family, you don't have to give out anything on usury. Luke 6, 35b. Luke 6, 35b. But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing that again. That is the point I'm going to. Lend, hoping for nothing again. That's it, lend without hoping for interest. As a brother. Thank God that this brother haven't been reminded of his doctrine by Jesus Christ himself. Changed his mind and decided to give this brother the boss at the exact price he bought that boss. This brother will have suffered the consequence of the transgression of this doctrine if he had not repented. It is important to abide in the doctrine of Christ. Others will be transgressing if we do not abide. And anyone that does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, the scripture says that place is not of God, that it has no God. Because the doctrine of Christ is that of his father, God himself. Second John 9. John Second John 9, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, yes. he hath both the Father and the Son. What am I saying? That Jesus Christ can make you know his way, either by his spirit or by reminding you of any of his doctrine he has taught you before. John seven sixteen. 
John 7, 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Another doctrine of Christ is that his house shall be called the house of prayer. But many pastors have made the house of Jesus a den of thieves. And who are these thieves? These thieves are the demons behind worldly ceremonies that go on inside churches, such as church wedding. There's nothing like church wedding in the scripture. It's not there. The two important marriages in the Bible were conducted in the bride's house. These thieves are also demon behind commercialization that go on today in most so-called houses of God. See, love, I'm not here yet. These are thieves behind such commercialization. John 2, 16. John 2, 16. And said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. We are talking about doubting of Christ. So. That if you want to walk with Jesus, you must do what? Be ready to abide in his doctrine. Otherwise, you are not ready to walk with him. Other ungodly ceremony that go on in most church today, now be naming ceremony or baby dedication. You know the Bible. The naming of John the Baptist, that important prophet of God, who was a foreigner for Jesus Christ, was done in the father's house, Zechariah, not in the Jewish synagogue. John the Baptist was not dedicated in the Jewish synagogue. Jesus had sisters and brothers. None of them were dedicated in the synagogue. Only Jesus that was taken just to fulfill the law of Moses, that any firstborn must be consecrated to him. It was done. The mother did it for Jesus. So to abolish that law, he had to be taken to the temple for that purpose. So check the rule of the Bible, only Jesus. And he don't abolish that law. So anybody who is the practice, you are coming under the law again, under a curse. Ceremonies like annual Thanksgiving that are going in most churches today, they are not scriptural. They were not done in the time of Jesus Christ or in the early church. The sin of whoredom is usually committed during annual Thanksgiving. Ezekiel 23. Ezekiel 23, verse 40. 23, verse 40. And furthermore, that you have sent for men to come from far, unto whom a messenger was sent. And lo, they came for whom 
thou didst wash thyself, paintest thy eyes, and deckest thyself with ornaments. During Anna Thanksgiving, the same messenger to go and begin to invite people, chiefs, the highly placed in society, they come for this Anna Thanksgiving. Then they paint their church hall, decorate their church up, make it beautiful. Then you as a child of God, we don't know this truth. They invite you, you come and go to such an Thanksgiving. You will partake of that evil, of the sin of that church. Look out for the three. Ezekiel 23, 43. Then said I unto her, that was old in adulteries, will thou now commit whoredoms with her, and she with them? Whoredom means committing adultery with the world. And with Satan, who is the prince of this world. Therefore, another thanksgiving is thanksgiving to another Jesus, which Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 11, 4. 2 Corinthians 11, 4. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with him. So anyway, Anna Thanksgiving is going on. That Thanksgiving is to whom? Another Jesus, not the Jesus who will decide the truth. We are mentioning this thing so that you be very careful inside of God, so that you don't go and walk into that trap when they invite you. Another daughter of Christ, is sanctity in marriage. Hebrews 13, 4, we shall read it there. What I mean by sanctity in marriage. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. That is doctrine of Christ about sanctity in marriage. But unfortunately, you find most pastors today joining together, married or those who have defied their bed, thereby partaking of their punishment or their evil deed. You see, God will judge them. This pastor will partake of the judgment of that people who have defied the bed. But we parents that have known the truth now, we are warned not to be then God's speed, those who have defied their bed, that they don't bless their marriage. Don't receive their gifts. Receiving their gifts or blessing their marriage, you'll be partaker of their punishment. Rather, I advise them to go to court. Let them go and do their marriage in court. Second John. Second John. 10 to 11. 10 to 11. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of the evil deeds, of his evil deeds. Time of ignorance, God winks at it. But now that we have known the truth, we should abide in this doctrine. We as parents make sure that our children are not defiled before marriage. Otherwise, they are defiled. Ask them to go to court. 
And that doctrine is doctrine of simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. That is simplicity in the conduct of marriage, such as the marriage between Isaac and Rebekah, which you can read in Genesis 24. Genesis 24. Simplicity in the conduct of burial. Jesus Christ gave himself as an example how burial should be done according to his doctrine. Simple. Matthew 27, 57 to 60. Matthew 27. 57 to 60. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. He put in the grave and departed. No ashabi, no uh, dancing, no eating, no drinking, nothing. God no give you load in burial because that person had dust. He don't, the brief person is no longer there. It's in heaven or hell already. Look at the burial of Moses by God himself. How simple it was. Read it. Deuteronomy 34. 5 to 6. Deuteronomy 34. 5 to 6. So, Moses the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulchre unto this day. Who buried Moses? God by himself. You don't want to make the children of Israel make sure of Moses' burial because he was a very popular prophet of God who saved the children of Israel. Up to today, we will tell the Israelites don't know where they bury Moses put. Another doctrine of Christ is simplicity in dressing and in all that we do. Unfortunately, Satan has corrupted the minds of many believers in Christ. Even the minds of many servants of God have been corrupted from this discipline that is in Christ Jesus and have become worldly-minded and carnally-minded. 2 Corinthians 11, 3. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 11, 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Many minds have been corrupted today from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So they have become, their minds have become worldly minded carnally minded. And look at Romans 8, 6. Those who are carnally minded, what happens? Romans 8, six. verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, see, to be carnally minded is death. So, minds have been corrupted. They have become carnal minded. And they are dressing carnally minded. And whatever they are doing, carnally minded. Thereby experiencing spiritual death. 
Another doctrine is the doctrine of separation from the world and its ungodly ceremonies or festivities. Because we are not of the world, as Jesus Christ said in John 17, 16. John 17, 16. John 17, 16. 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Those who have known this truth, who have the doctrine of Christ, are not of the world. And so, the doctrine of Christ is that we should separate from the world and its ungodly ceremonies and its ungodly festivities. Second Corinthians 6, 14 to 18, doctrine of separation. Second Corinthians 6, 14 6. to 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Another doctrine of Christ is about covetousness. What is Christ's doctrine about covetousness? We go read that now. Luke 12. Luke 12. 13 to 15. 13 to 15. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. This man called me Jesus Christ. I said, talk to my brother. Make it divide our family inheritance for my own. Make her collect my own portion. So I tell her and say, your inheritance is heaven, no? This thing you go live on. Beware of covetousness. This is not covetousness. Even though now in a family property, one share. A man's life does not consume what? What he possesses. Your life should consume the abundance of what treasure you are laying up in heaven. Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He will never leave you or forsake you. Be content whatever things you have. And you know covetousness is idolatry. That's why Christ's doctrine is against covetousness. And when you talk of idolatry, it's darkness. So if you are dragging land, family matter, with a biological brother, it's only dragging you into darkness. And the devil will get you. Another daughter of Christ is this, Luke 9, 59 to 60. Luke 9, 59 to 60. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And disciples say, I will follow you, but let me go and bury my papa first. He said, my friend, follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. Because they're ritually dead. They will always do their burial the way of the world and according to tradition. And you know what makes a disciple be partaker 
or the punishment or the sin. You follow me. Don't struggle with them. That's what he's saying. That it, we should not struggle or strive with unbelievers over burial of loved ones. Don't struggle with them. Don't strive with them. Or that will drag you into darkness. This doctrine of Christ, they are the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus Christ talked about in Matthew 13, 11. Matthew 13, 11. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. To us as a church, we have been given this mystery of the kingdom, this doctrine. He said, but to them, that is, to other churches, it is not given. So don't be surprised. Ah, see, they do for that church. Maybe they do for that church. It is not given to them. That's why they do them. If they know, they won't do it. But they don't know. It is not given to them. And this doctrine, now it will lead us into the kingdom of heaven. If you abide in it. And do them. Now, let's read John 16, 12 to 13. John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Jesus Christ detained the service. He said, I get many things I've been wanting to now, but I know if he talk now because he go too half on and now if he bear them. So, so the church, all these things we have mentioned, we don't do it before. We have been doing it before. We did do another thousand before. So we're not told this doctrine as at that time. Because he don't say we never, we will not be able to bear them as that time. As a church. Because these doctrines are like strong meat. But when the spirit of truth came into the church and took over the church, he began to guide us into all these doctrines we would, we would know now. Because he don't know see now, we don't deal full age now to eat strong meat. And that we'll be able to bear them. And actually, we'll be able to bear them. Look at Hebrews 5, 14. Hebrews 5, 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So... We are of full age now. We cannot eat strong meat. So the spirit of the night began to reveal to us these deep things in the scripture. If they bring it out to us one by one, one by one, if they purge us, we they give them up. Now I can't bring out to this table with this now. So we are privileged. Abby, we do not merit it. It's just the grace of God. Though we are very small, little flock, yet. He has given us these doctrines. 
So, as a church now, we can discern both the good daughter of Christ and the evil daughter of devils. Because devil get the own doctrine, you know. But now, because we have known the true doctrine of Christ, we cannot discern the one will be that of Christ and the one will be devil own. First Timothy 4.1. First Timothy 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Let us work with Jesus, the Master, by being in agreement with his will and with his doctrine, and abide in that doctrine. Finally, why most believers in Christ will not seek the will of God is because they know that their own will will not be in agreement with the will of God. Some of them will go and seek counsel from the ungodly people, seek advice from the ungodly, and they will not prosper. Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, rather than being blessed, you receive what? A curse, and you will not prosper. Because those who walk in the counsel of God will always prosper. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 12a. Ecclesiastes 6, 12 verse 12a. For who knoweth what is good for man? In this life. Who knows what is good for man in this life? No man knows what is good for him or her. Only God. That you must seek cancer from. Seek his will. Let him know his mind concerning what you want to do. And the will of God for any man is the best. That's why we must walk with Jesus, the master. By abiding his doctrine. By acknowledging him in all our ways to know his sweet whatever we want to embark upon, then we shall prosper.